Kong Hak. Today is the fourth of November twenty twenty two. And today, all day long, we've built merit and goodness together. Starting the day with giving food, giving alms food on alms round to the Sangha, undertaking the five or the eight precepts. We did this with hearts of faith, faith and belief in the building of goodness and merit. And there is the offering of the Buddha statue to place in the replica of the Bodhgaya Chedi. This is an object of recollection, an object to help recollect the Buddha, Buddha Nusati. And we practice chanting, cultivating the mind with chanting practice, chanting the teachings of the fully self-awakened Buddha. So this is the cultivation of Buddha Nusati, Dhamma Nusati, and Sangha Nusati. So we have this effort and energy in our Dhamma practice. We're ready with minds of faith and belief. And this gives the mind a lot of strength and energy. And the faith is firmly established in the teachings of the fully self-awakened Buddha who taught the, who taught the truths of suffering, the origination of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the path to that cessation. And these teachings of the Buddha, they're teachings for all classes of people, all types of individuals. And we see in the beginning of the Mangala Sutta, it teaches not to meet with fools and to associate with the wise, to pay homage to those worthy of homage, which is the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And the fools on the outer level we know about, and on the, the fool on the inner level is our own mind. Then there's the wise person on the outer level, then the wise person on the inner level. And we've met with the wise person on the outer level and the inner level. We have our great teachers as our leaders, these uh, monastics who lead us, who give and sacrifice. They ordain in the Buddha Sasana. They practice to know and understand the Dhamma, then bring that Dhamma to us, to teach it to us, in order to give birth to faith in the mind, or give birth to wisdom. This wisdom is important. There's a worldly type of wisdom, the type of wisdom to undertake one's livelihood. <clears throat> and to do this requires wisdom. Then there's wisdom in the Dhamma. And this is a very important type, even higher importance, because it's a wisdom that can cure the suffering in our hearts. So our great teachers lead us in our Dhamma practice. We have Bhante Visuddhinanda, Bhante Kasapa, and they help completely and fully with the Sangha work and Sangha duties. And there's Bhante Ananda, the secretary who works very hard 
and many, many others as well who do their duties fully and completely and they strive to practice as well. And they could just practice alone, but they have loving kindness and compassion to help spread the teachings of the Lord Buddha. There was one occasion, there was a disciple of Venerable Ajahn Chah, and he received the duty to help teach and spread the teachings of the Lord Buddha. And he became very tired from this, very worn out from this. He wanted to quit. He wanted to go be alone in a quiet place. And Venerable Ajahn Chah told him, if I thought like you, would you have come to exist? Because we see the great teachers, they want peace and quiet as well. And if they didn't have loving kindness and compassion, then no one would get the teachings. They wouldn't be able to meet with the Dhamma and get the feeling of the Dhamma of the Lord Buddha. And when this disciple of when this disciple of Venerable Ajahn Chah heard this, he felt this firm intent to sacrifice and give, to teach. So we see that our great teachers, they're a refuge for us. They're a place where we can put our confidence. They're a wise person on the outer level. They give us teachings and advice for us to understand the path of Dhamma, the path to abandon that which is unwholesome, to cultivate the wholesome, to purify the mind, to do merit of all different types, to do generosity, virtue, to listen to the Dhamma, and to practice the Dhamma, to talk on Dhamma. And we have the faith to do this fully and completely this is something very praiseworthy, worth rejoicing in very much. Because this faith is something that doesn't arise easily. One with firmly established faith, firmly establishing goodness, this means that that individual has built parmi already in the past. And they do their practice with the mind of great respect and reverence of the highest type. So we have faith, we have effort, energy and effort in our cultivation of merit. And that is our mind walking on the path, the path to the end of suffering, this path of virtue, collectedness and wisdom. We cultivate mindfulness and clear comprehension these are qualities that we should have a lot of in order to meet with the Lord Buddha. And we see the Buddha in our own hearts and minds. This is seeing the Dhamma. It's something that's not difficult to do. It's not beyond our ability. If we have effort and sincerity, then we're able to succeed. In the beginning, it's difficult to cultivate mindfulness. But when you have sincere effort that's truly sincere in our Dhamma practice, then it's not too difficult. We're able to do it. 
because we see that the Buddha taught that to realize the truth of his teachings was not beyond the ability of humans, that people are able to do it. But in the beginning we may sit meditation for not long and the mindfulness just isn't there in the mind. The mind is just proliferating. So we know this experience. We have effort to train in mindfulness, to bring the mind to be firmly established in peace and samadhi, to give rise to wisdom, to know conditioned things as they are, bit by bit. Because the great teachers have taught us directly, they have taught us the straight way to see the Dhamma, to practice and train the mind. We receive sense impressions, whether sounds, taste, touch, smell, sight, or bodily, or mental objects. And we get these objects and we have liking for them. We proliferate based on that liking. Or there's disliking, we proliferate based on the disliking. There's a sense of self that arises, sense of me or mine, you or yours. And there's sanya, there's memories as well. And that is it clung to as self. And if we don't know or we don't remember, then that's clung to as self as well. So we know this experience and we train in mindfulness to know this experience as it arises, to know it in time. We contemplate all liking and disliking as uncertain and impermanent. So we have wisdom to teach the mind like this. And if the mind's able to accept this, then there's no need to explain a lot. It's just uncertain, it's impermanent. Liking is unsure, impermanent. Disliking is unsure, impermanent. Just this much. And just like this, the mind can become peaceful. And this is the enlightenment factor of equanimity, the upeka bojanga. And like this, the practice of meditation, it's easy. There's no need to proliferate a lot. There's no need to know a lot. There was one older monk who ordained when he was about 60 years old. And he came to train in meditation under Venerable Ajahn Tongrat, who was the teacher of Venerable Ajahn Chah. And Venerable Ajahn Tongrat taught this old monk in a very simple and easy way. There was a little tree stump there, and Ajahn Tongrat said, you see that tree stump? Make your mind just like that tree stump. Make it still like the tree stump. People sit on it or step on it, pour water on it, but the stump is just still, just like that. So train your mind in that way. To have wisdom like that, and then when the mind's able to gather in peace and samadhi, then one can start to see the truth of things as they are. To see that the mind that's not liking, not disliking, that this is the path to the end of suffering. So we can have confidence in this. We can make our effort full and complete in this. And in the end, our mind's able to gather in samadhi. To see the body as 
composed of these natural elements and something that degrades and passes away, which is normal and natural. Or we see the body as something not beautiful, composed of earth, air, fire, and water, and as degradation uh, as its nature. So we see and know this already. This is the way to see the Dhamma. To give rise to mindfulness, samadhi, and wisdom in order to destroy the kilesas, the defilements. Because in this mind there is a battle going on in all our minds. When the defilements are strong and the energy of the path is weak, then suffering arises. But if we have virtue, collectedness, and wisdom, when those qualities have strength, then they're able to win over the delusion in the mind. We have to understand that these defilements, they've been there for a very long time already. But however long they've been there, they arise right here at sense contact right here where the sense objects meet the sense bases. So we have mindfulness to know right there. Have mindfulness in the mind to look over the mind and take care of the mind. Because one who has mindfulness watching over the mind is able to overcome the bonds of Mara, which is to say to overcome suffering. So we do this evenly and consistently. One day the mind can gather in samadhi to be firmly established in upajara samadhi, neighborhood and concentration. The body and mind feel light. We feel and we see that this is a type of happiness that's different from other types of happiness we've ever known. Then wisdom is able to arise right there the mind can become empty of clinging. One can, the mind can understand clearly and see that this is the path to the end of suffering. And to do this we use our faith in the teachings of the Sangha members. And so we practice fully to the fullness of our ability, to the fullness of our capability and knowledge. And when our parami is full, the qualities of sila, samadhi, and panya gather together. Then we're able to see the Dhamma. So this is what happens in the beginning in our Dhamma practice. So may you have effort in this. May you have sincerity. Because we see that all of us here, we don't have long, very long left in our lives. If we're 50 years old already, and if we're going to live to 80, then there's just 30 years left. And we see that the days and nights are constantly passing us by. Our life is constantly decreasing. We constantly have fewer breaths left in this life. So the important thing in our lives is to seek out the Dhamma, to bring our minds to know and see the Dhamma, before our bodies pass away and degrade. 
So all the merit and goodness that we've cultivated already as a great blessing in our life. And even more than that, to see and know the Dhamma as the highest blessing in our life. So may you all set your hearts on this. We've been born, we've been able to meet with the Buddha Sasana. We have our great teachers. So may you set your hearts on this Dhamma practice. You know the path of practice and you have confidence in it already. And for this confidence to arise in the mind, it's something that's not easy. It's not something that's easy to find. It means that we've cultivated parami in the past, to have this confidence and faith in the path. So may you strive, may you have effort. And to succeed is not beyond your ability to know and see the Dhamma. So may you all see the Dhamma, may you all grow in Dhamma.